Summer is just about here, which means it's time to start barbecuing again. Whether you're going to the beach or having a small cookout in your yard, Charbroil has a grill to fit your needs. If you use our link, you can get a Charbroil one-burner portable grill for just over $100, and it's perfect for wherever you need to cook. It's convenient and portable, and works just as well in the backyard as it does on the go. Just go to multipleworldproductions.com sponsors, and use our link to shop all the great products Charbroil has to offer. Good morning, and, oh, wow, evening, and welcome to 30-Minute Reviews. I am Adam. Um, this is going to be a quick one, because Josie and I are recording something at uh, 6.45, um, and it's currently 6.27. Um, and we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, or Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, as always, if you like the show, you can... Follow us on Spotify, and if you have thoughts after, you can leave them on Spotify, and we will talk about them if you have something worth talking about. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy was a big swing for Marvel Studios. It's not like it was the most well-known property. It was not like it was the most beloved property. It's not like it was the most um, financially viable property when they announced it. It was the point. It was the, the first that people were like, Guardians of the Galaxy, who cares? And rather than turning up like what Eternals was for a lot of people, not me, and I've said this before, I, I do really enjoy the Eternals, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of um, beloved in a lot of ways. I don't know why I said kind of. And I think that the first movie had a lot to do with that. I think that the first Guardians of the Galaxy really kind of nailed everything about how you do a team assembling movie. Um, and, and I think that that kind of does it like, that first sequence where everyone's getting together on Xandar and you have that big fight where everyone's kind of fighting in their own unique way, it does look really cool and it does a lot to um, to really endear everyone to who everyone is and, and to learn who they are quickly. And we don't get a ton of backstory, but we get just enough to kind of explain who everyone is and why they're all de- there and why they all want the orb and why the orb is dangerous and all of that. Um, and I think that in the grander scheme of the MCU, this is kind of the first real time we grapple with Thanos and what Thanos wants. Because, like, we get the, the post-credit scene at the end of the first Avengers movie with um, the other coming over and saying, like, you know, to court Thanos, to court death, um, which is, you know, and then, you know, after losing an Infinity Stone, then we get the post-credit scene in Thor The Dark World, which I saw an article from Inverse that said that Eternals was the last, was the worst Marvel movie of the last decade, and I'm like, I, I don't know about that because, um... This was also the decade, like, ten years ago was when, um, what's it called came out. Like, Thor The Dark World came out within the last decade, so I'm not entirely sure if we, if it, if, if we can stand by that comment. Um, and I think that if we look at what, you know, what this movie was, it does a lot to really set that in motion, where we get to see Thanos and his motivation and him talking about that, and then we get the Collector expositing what the Infinity Stones are and how they work, and and why they're dangerous, and what someone could do with them, and that's kind of a cool way to do it, and then we get, this is the first movie where uh, Infinity Stone is the centerpiece, it's the MacGuffin of the movie, and it is the first, um, what's it called, it is the first kind of, um, you know, and it is named Infinity Stone, because, like, we had the Aether, we had the Tesseract, we had the Scepter, 
like, but they weren't called the Infinity Stone. And and even I would say to an extent, like Doctor Strange, it's not it like the it the Eye of Agamotto being an Infinity Stone is just kind of weird because it's like it's not until the very end where it's like Wong's like, by the way, that's an Infinity Stone while winking at the audience, like. No, I also think that, you know, and if you go back and listen to the Beware of Spoilers I did after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you will, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about. But, like, I left Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 a little bit less on board. Like, I remember walking out of that movie the night I saw it, which would have been the Thursday night it came out in May, um, six years ago. I remember walking out and being like, I think that maybe I've hit a point where I'm not into superhero movies anymore. I was like, maybe this is crossing the line. Whereas, like, I saw Logan at that point, because I think this came out the same year as Logan. Yeah, because it was the year before Infinity War. Like, I remember walking out and being like, I think maybe we have hit the peak with Logan, and I think everything after this is just kind of going to be not as good, comparatively. And it's one of those things that, like, I've watched it a few times since, and I think that Having watched it a few times since, I feel like these movies, like, it, it has grown on me. I've liked it more and more. And there are, there are things I love about the movie. I'm not entirely sure why, when I watched it the first time, I wasn't entirely all in on it. I'm not entirely sure why that is. I know the Rangers were playing, because the guy who was sitting down next to me saw me wearing a Ranger shirt, and he's like, oh, yeah, um, the um, it was a tough decision to, uh, to go to this or, or go to... Um, or sit home and watch the game. And I was like, alright, you do you then, buddy. I don't really care about your decision-making process over whether or not you go see Guardians of the Galaxy on opening night. But whatever. So, but I, I remember walking out and being like, maybe this is just the point where I fall off. And I think that some of what I didn't like about the movie was kind of... And, 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 and let me put it this way, before Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, I think that anyone who's settling in to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 should probably refresh on Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Because the characters are written differently when James Gunn is the only one writing the characters. Um, the iteration that we saw in um, in both Infinity War and Endgame, and then also in Love and Thunder, in their brief appearance in Love and Thunder, um, it it does kind of... Um, what's it called? It, it, it is very different. Um... And I think that that's something that could be jarring for people to see them go back to the way that Gunn writes them. Um, and, and I'm not sure if it's... <laughs> I, feel, I feel people might not like that, considering they were kind of goofy. You could get a kind of tonal, like a jarring tonal shift between the movies, and I feel like that could be a problem for some people. And after watching Volume 2 multiple times, I can, I can say now, I enjoy Volume 2 more than Volume 1, I think. Because I think that Ego is more fleshed out. And I'm also a really big fan of them taking the team, breaking them up, and reuniting them in different ways to have them exposit information about each other and learn a little bit. But I think that that serves the story well here. I think that pairing up Rocket and Yondu lets the two of them exposit things about each other. Like, and, and there are so many sequences in this movie that are just kind of iconic in their own way, where it's like, you know, them going to, to Ego's planet for the first time and seeing the visuals there... Yeah, there are some wonky effects, but look, I mean, they haven't aged the best, maybe. Um, but, you know, who knows how movies that we see now will age in, in, in five years. Um, I mean, we know some of them will age poorly, but, you know, let's let's see how it goes. Um, 
but I would be interested in, like, like, seeing that, I was like, okay, this is the promise of what this team could be when it's handling something well. Um, and I think it, part of it was, it's like, may, maybe it is now with the benefit of being able to see, like, oh, so we, we now know how this team kind of gels together and how they function, but you need this fracturing to kind of get to that. And for this fracturing to work the way it does, I think that it does kind of, like, the benefit of, hindsight definitely benefits this movie. Um, and I think that, that is definitely a positive for it. Um, what else was there with this? Um, I think there's something else. Oh, yeah, that sequence with, uh, you know, Come a Little Bit Closer by Jane the Americans is such a great sequence that I, I feel like that that is worth the price of admission alone. Um, and it's worth watching the movie. Like, that sequence is great. I think the soundtrack, the awesome mix for two, is better than the awesome mix for one. Um, and I think looking at the awesome mix for three, I'm not super pumped about any of the music on there. I do appreciate a good Florence and the Machine um, song, but I'm not entirely sure if it's, you know, something that's going to grab me, so to speak. It's not going to make me go like, oh, this is going to be great, and, and, and let's see how it is. Maybe they use the music well in the movie, maybe not, we'll see. Um, and, and, you know, maybe some music will grow on me, which did happen with some of the music in Peacemaker. So we'll see, you know, how that plays out in three. Um, as for expectations for three, I think that three is going to be probably one of the better movies we've had recently because, like, I was very high on Quantum Mania when I first saw it, but I've since come down a little bit. Maybe when I watch it again at home, I'll I'll, I'll be a little bit lower. Um, that said, I think that phase, like the post Infinity War movies, kind of peaked with. Um, what's it called, kind of peaked with um, No Way Home. I think that it's like we get really good entries with Shang-Chi and we get a really good entry with Eternals and we get a really good entry with No Way Home. And then kind of, like, I did also really enjoy Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, but, like, everything else kind of came in between was kind of like, meh. Like, I wasn't super gung-ho about, you know, Multiverse of Madness after seeing it. I wasn't on board with what's it called at all. I didn't like Thor Love and Thunder at all. Um, but, you know, maybe it is just, you know, there, and maybe, maybe this, like, I have a feeling this movie will be better than what we've seen a lot of in, in recent years, um, but I don't think it's going to be anything particularly, um, you know, particularly special. I don't, like, as a swan song, I don't think this is going to be the movie that everyone thinks it's going to be, um, but I do think it's going to be as strong as the first, um, What's it called? As strong as the first two. I, I I would say if I were to venture a guess based on how I like two better than one, I think if this movie charts anywhere, I think it charts at number two split, split between them, um, unless like um, the villain is something incredibly special, um, which is possible. Don't get me wrong; it is possible that the villain does something very unique and very special, um, but I don't think it's particularly likely. Um, but we'll see when the movie comes out. Uh, I'm seeing the movie Thursday, which means we will have the review up on Beware of Spoilers on Thursday, which you can see the full list of Beware of Spoilers episodes at um, BewareSpoilers.com. That is if you want to listen on Spotify. If you go to MultipleWorldProductions.com and look at the Beware of Spoilers episode list page, you can see all the other places you can listen to the show, and you'll be able to hear my review there when it comes out. Um, but in other things, we also have Dead Cells on the Backlog Files, Coming out this week, Dead Cells being the Metroidvania that recently got DLC based on um, 
Castlevania. And then we also have, um, what's it called? Next week we'll be doing, what's the movie for next week? Let me look at my calendar real quick. Uh, the movie for next week will be, when the calendar loads, uh, we have Book Club, but that's probably going to change. Um, but yeah, so we will wrap up there for today. And until our next episode, have a great rest of your week. Oh, and if you want to hear the CinemaCon coverage, go to the episode right before this on the feed, because that'll be CinemaCon coverage. Now have a great rest of your week. This podcast is a production of Multiple World Productions. For more details about all the other things happening on all three podcasts, check out multipleworldproductions.com.